0: For the next four podcasts, we are talking to Dr. Lakshmi, cardiologist at the Heart Center at Sarah Bush Lincoln. We'll be talking about heart attacks, statins, AFib, and congestive heart failure in this series of short podcasts. To start things off, we'll get into the root cause and series of events that occurs when someone has a heart attack. Friends and neighbors Our hearts beat to heal yours. The Sarah Bush Lincoln Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life.
1: Sarah Bush has this classic small town friendly atmosphere with a high tech hospital. And I have the background of clinical medicine and common sense when you combine them, you become an ideal doctor.
0: The Heart Center at Sarah Bush Lincoln. Trusted, compassionate care. Right here, close to home. Welcome to Health Styles, the podcast presented by Sarah Bush Lincoln. I'm your host, Lori Banks, and we're talking today about heart issues and who better to talk to about that than a cardiologist. And joining me today is Dr. Lakshmi, who is with the Heart Center at Sarah Bush Lincoln. Thanks for talking with us today.
1: Thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking to you, Lori.
0: So we're going to be doing a series of these with you, and I'm very excited about that because I'm sure you get asked lots of questions about heart issues when you're out and about. People find out what you do. For a living, they probably stop and say, "Hey, what about this?" So one of those, "Hey, what about this questions?" is, "Why do people have heart attacks and why do they die?"
1: I'm going to break it down. This is the question which doctors, nurses, public have been asking for years. Uh, to be honest, I did not know the answer to the question for about 15 years of my medical career. That's kind of fascinating. For a long time, we used to think people get heart attacks because there is progressive narrowing of the coronary arteries. Coronary arteries are the arteries which supply the heart. Just as every organ has blood supply, the heart needs oxygenated blood coming from these coronary arteries. So we used to think it's progressive narrowing, and then it will close completely and patients get a heart attack. So I used to live in England before I came to the United States in my last gig, and uh, I saw a patient who was coming to the doctor every year to see me. And he had a cardiac CAT which showed he has 30-40% disease the year before. So I discharged him from the clinic. And lo and behold, he comes with a heart attack in a week. So I said, I think our theory is not right here. So we realized about uh, 25 years back, finally we learned that the heart attacks are not caused by progressive narrowing. It's by plaque rupture. Plaque is like dental plaque. There are plaques in the coronary arteries, which are, it's really a combo of atherosclerosis, which are fatty materials, blood products, and some of those uh, uh, inflammation. So this combination creates what we, like a plaque in the mouth, we get a plaque, but it can't floss it out. This plaque grows as time goes on. And then it decides to rupture for people who are smoking, high blood pressure, excessive stress. Monday morning, you can see why. You had a nice weekend, long weekend. You pick up a fight with your spouse. Boom, you rupture a plaque. When you rupture a plaque, you occlude the artery 100%. Then you get what we call STEMI, which is a large myocardial infarction, as you see in ER, in the movies. Patients sweaty, drops down, severe low blood pressure, pale, vomiting. If it's only 90% occluded, patient may have some symptoms but not bad enough to go immediately to the emergency room. So what did we learn? It's the plaque rupture.
0: So it's that little piece of plaque and it just releases? Does it let go? Yeah,
1: the, the plaque will rupture because of the stress, because of the hemodynamic factors. Now, the reason I'm saying it, if you take the same guy who is going to get a massive heart attack and either die or survive, three to six months back, if you've done a cardiac cath on him, you would have only seen 40% disease and you would have said things are not going bad. Go and do whatever you're doing. So you cannot stop the heart attack, but you can prevent it. Not at that time. You can prevent it by decreasing the cholesterol, stopping smoking, and treating the blood pressure. The point I'm going to make is 60 to 70% of the patients are going to get a heart attack. If you have done an examination or a cardiac cath a few months back, you would have only seen less than 50 to 60% blockage, not 90% as you would have expected. Does it make sense what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't have expected it, and and patient die because of plaque rupture. And they get a heart attack.
0: So and when you say occluded, that means it's blocked, the
1: artery. 100% blocked. Okay. So there is no blood flowing through the artery. So the muscle will die because the muscle does not get blood supply. And if you don't open the artery within a few hours, that's why we used to say time is muscle. When you have a big heart attack, you should try to open up the artery within one and a half hours of you reaching the hospital. So that we used to call the balloon, the door to balloon time should be less than 90 minutes if the cath lab is inside the hospital. If you have to transfer the patient, then it should be less than two hours because you want to prevent the muscle damage. So the most important point is heart attacks are not caused by progressive narrowing of the artery as you would have imagined. It's due to the plaque, suddenly rupture, due to a variety of reasons, particularly stress in the appropriate patients, and they get a big heart attack.
0: So the other part of that question is, then why do people die from a heart attack?
1: That's another very important question. The vast majority of the patients die before they reach the hospital. Patients who have the massive heart attack, 50% of them, they die before they reach the hospital. Frequently, you would say, family saying, my grandpa uh, went to the bathroom, had a bowel movement, next thing, he was found dead. Or they went to go to sleep, my grandma. And then in the morning, we see the patient is dead. It's not the heart attack actually kills them. The heart attack makes the heart irritable. They go into a ventricular fibrillation, which is an unsustainable rhythm unless you shock the patient within three minutes.
0: So what is it, when your heart is doing that, what does it look like? I know we're doing audio, but what- What, 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 what a heart what is, is,
1: the heart is basically, instead of nice lub dub, it's going to, 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 it's going really fast, erratic, and it's not producing any contraction which will send the blood to the, res, the, the tissues. So the blood has to come out of the heart to the various tissues for you to survive. So this heart is beating so erratic, Irregular. So, why does it happen? Because of the sudden decrease in the blood flow, the heart during the stress starts fibrillating. So, if that happens, unless you save the patient by shocking them within a few minutes, they will not survive. Now, some, not everybody gets ventricular fibrillation, but the patients who die immediately. Are going to die unless you shock them out of it. this is why you see in the movies and ER somebody put the paddles on and then say shock him. Mm-hmm. So unless you do a cardioversion or a shock immediately, these patients will not survive. Now, once they survive the acute episode for a couple of hours, then they don't. They still have the r- risk of arrhythmia for twenty four hours. So the death per se is not caused by the heart attack. The heart attack caused the heart to be irritable. They develop ventricular fibrillation or ventricular arrhythmias and die. Now, once the heart attack, if you take care of them, they still have risk for a few days, but then they develop congestive heart failure. If they are purely due to the effect of the heart attack, somebody is dying, it will be several days. But the immediate death is related to an arrhythmia. That's why they should be immediately come to the hospital they should be kept in intensive care. You, need to be, you monitor them very carefully. But the first hour is crucial. That's why if somebody is having severe chest pain, you should immediately call the emergency room or call the EMT so that somebody will see the patient yeah. to prevent that arrhythmic death.
0: Get to the ER. Don't go to a, a local clinic. Right. Make sure you get help right away. If
1: you think this is a massive order, don't waste time calling the doctor because these patients should be in the, call the EMT, Call the ambulance. Don't mess around with them because the ambulance people know how to cardiovert them, how to shock them if they need to. They're very well trained, the EMTs are.
0: And I think, do you find people say, oh, I just, I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. What if it wasn't a heart attack? What if it was indigestion? I'd be so embarrassed.
1: It, that's what I used to say. When somebody is 50 or 60 or 70 years old, you're not going to die from indigestion. It's okay to call the, call the emergency room. If it turned out to be not, it's okay. Because you have one chance. If it turned out to be a heart problem and you didn't call them, you may die. So I always tell them, do not worry. If you're having severe chest pain, if you're shocked, if you're vomiting, don't don't think it's indigestion. Nobody dies of indigestion. My favorite quote, people die of heart attack. So call for help immediately.
0: All right, that was very interesting. Put a different spin on uh, what we've thought of heart attacks for a very, very long time.
1: Thank you. I think I really want to emphasize, do not waste time. Make sure you call the EMT. Go to the emergency room if in doubt. And people get plaque rupture during times of stress. Make sure you go to the primary care physician to be treated for your high cholesterol, diabetes mellitus, high blood pressure, and quit smoking.
0: Thank you, Dr. Lakshmi, and thank you for listening to Health Styles presented by Sarah Bush Lincoln. I'm your host, Lori Banks don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you know when new shows are added. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts or on our website at sarabushorg podcasts. And be sure to connect with us on social media by searching Sarah Bush Lincoln. We'll continue our conversation with Dr. Lakshmi next week with a discussion about statins. So be sure to listen in. Now, remember, the information presented today is not a substitute for medical care. If you have questions or concern, always talk to your health care provider. We hope you found the information in this podcast helpful. If you want to learn more about cardiology services at Sarah Bush Lincoln, visit our website at sarahbush.org theheartcenter center. That's sarahbush.org theheartcenter the heart center.